Hey everyone, this is Caitlin Yeager with Missouri Humanities. Join us as we highlight the uniqueness of Missouri's small towns and showcase the bigger picture of what small town America really is by bringing you to communities across the state and listening to their stories of why they shouldn't be overlooked, overshadowed, or underappreciated. We're not a flyover state. We're the heart of America. From somewhere in the show me state, this is Small Town Showcase. We are in another stunning Ozark town in southwest Missouri. Seymour is located in Webster County and boasts a population of just under 2,000 people. Being in this part of the state never gets old. It's such a lovely part of Missouri, and Seymour is surrounded by quintessential Ozark beauty. Our time in Seymour was adventurous. We were shown every corner of the town, including their biggest draw, the Southern Missouri Off-Road Ranch, where the owner took us on a thrilling ride through the woods. We explored the farmer's market, ate wonderful food, drank a lot of coffee from Old Depot Coffee Shop, which we highly recommend for you coffee lovers, and toured some unique Seymour sites, like the Owen Theater, an historic theater that has been impressively renovated and is now a popular spot for live music. The date of our visit was chosen specifically to correspond with their annual Show and Shine event, an event celebrating the important bond between the community, local businesses, and tourism. We witnessed so many heartwarming examples of how important this place is to the people who live here and to those who visit. Join us for our conversation to hear more. Welcome back to the Small Town Showcase podcast. I'm excited to dig into this discussion with Terry Penner, Community Development Director for the City of Seymour, and Dan Weimer, publisher and owner of the Webster County Citizen, the local newspaper in this area. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Terry, can you start off our conversation by telling us a little bit about yourself? Um, what is your background, your role here in Seymour? And I think we'll call this, what is your Seymour story? Well, I have lived here in Seymour my whole entire life. Um, whenever I was a kid, I always thought, you know, it'd be great to move away and um, go somewhere else. But uh, as an adult, I loved staying here and uh, raising my kids here and overall just love Seymour. I think it's a great place and uh, my husband and I, um, he has a business here and it's it's our home, it's our community, and we are very pleased to live here. And Dan, what about you? I'm really excited um, for you to share all about your involvement here in the community. So what would you say is your Seymour story? Well, I'm uh, originally a native of Willow Springs, which is a town about uh, 45 minutes east of Seymour. Um, I've came here about uh, 30 years ago. I began as um, just sort of a, a, a reporter for the owners at the time and as time went on uh, moved uh, to the editor's position and, and the publisher and, and now I'm the owner. So I've, uh, I've sort of progressed. I've grown up in Seymour so to speak. I, I've, I've been here my entire adult life essentially. Mm -hmm. So if you would I think it's nice especially for the podcasts for Small Town Showcase to have you guys help people visualize Seymour. 
So thinking about Seymour in the context of the state of Missouri, we're in this region, because we're in this Ozarks region, so that, but that encompasses multiple states. So thinking of this area, thinking of Missouri, where are we? Um, what is this area of Missouri known for? What's the landscape and environment like? Basically paint us a picture. Well, um, whenever I nominated Seymour for this award, one of the things that I put in our um, story was, Seymour is a community that cares about its people. And it's just a small town that um, loves its people, cares about them. Um, it's just a good hearted place. And um, it's one of those great small towns that you can come to that you can find all kinds of things. We have shopping, we have uh, great businesses in our town. We have farms, we have you know rural areas where you can kind of escape and not be right on top of each other. Um, but we have all the great things that you want. We've got libraries, we've got YMCA with a swimming pool, indoor swimming pool, um, great schools. Geographically, we're in, we're in southwest to south central Missouri. Um, I guess a good analogy to give to you, maybe your podcast listeners would be the Beverly Hillbillies hail from the Missouri Ozarks. <laughs> uh, although it's a bit ridiculous in the television show when Jed shoots his shotgun and out comes a bumbling crude. Uh, there's there's no oil here. Uh, and, <laughs> it's a and, good disclaimer, I think, for people. There's I, no oil here. <laughs> yeah, but if you remember, you know, the Beverly Hillbillies, one of their trips was to Silver Dollar City, which is just an hour from here. They would they would go visit when they would go on their excursions from Beverly Hills. But but that's where we're at. I, I think stereotypically, we're in the part of America that often is scrutinized and, and looked... Um, sadly upon uh seen we're seen as a poor area uh this is rocky soil it's not the greatest farmland here um it has been in the in, historically economically impoverished uh but that's certainly not the case now uh the missouri ozarks are destination there are all of these counties in the missouri ozarks are growing and webster where we're at is one of the fastest growing matter of fact it's the second fastest growing county in the state uh, over the past two decades. Uh, we've gone from a county in 1980 that had 20,000 people to a county that's almost at 50,000 now. And we've picked up some of the Springfield suburban growth. We're in Seymour here. We're 30 minutes east of Springfield. And that suburban growth that initially hit the Ozarks, the Republics, the Nixes, it's starting to come here now. So, um, a bit of our fight, I think, is retaining our small town identity as we're getting a lot of newcomers. But these newcomers who come here, they are coming here because they like the small town identity here. And, and they're finding something here that is unique, which is a small town where you walk in a shop and people know you. Yeah, and I, I love what you said about, you know, I hadn't the Beverly Hillbillies has not come up yet in small town <laughs> showcase so I love that you bring that up but we've heard you know Winter's Bone and you know we've talked about the smash hit show Ozark and, and it's interesting because I think there's been quite a few things in in popular culture recently that have focused on kind of that Ozark area or Appalachia you know I don't know if you guys ever saw the movie that came out 
several years ago called Hillbilly Elegy. Um, you know, but they are, you know, shows or movies or what have you that tend to not portray rural living or small town living as entirely positive. So I think that's one of the goals of Small Town Showcase is to kind of negate that. And and I think, you know, we have heard from some communities that it's, you know, some of that might be accurate at some time or in some places, but that it's not the entire identity of a small town. Um, so I appreciate you bringing that up that, you know, that might be what, what is being portrayed or what is being, what people think, but it's not all true. And in fact, you guys are growing and expanding and, um, but very much aware of your place identity. And I, and I, I'll get to that a little bit later because I love the, the sense of place and the place attachment that you guys have created here. Um, but, but I won't talk about more about that later, but what I want to talk about I want to continue talking about is um, kind of how you two dedicate a lot of your time, you know, especially with the positions you have, Dan, with with the newspaper um, and kind of the other involvement you have and Terry as community development director. Um, why do you both choose to dedicate your time and your talents to benefit this community? Um, what inspires you? I'll let you go first, Terry. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> um, then I'll copy your answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I just love this town. I mean, whenever you live in a place, you want it to be the best that it possibly can be. And I just feel like anything that I can do to make my community, my home, a better place for myself, everybody that lives in it, it benefits us all. Um, Seymour is a group that works together in many things. I mean, like our library, uh, it was built by donations the same way with the YMCA, Dan with his Owen Theater Project, which we're gonna talk about. Um, all those things, people in our community cared enough about to work together and make them happen. And, um, you know, lots of times in area communities around us, um, even in bigger towns near us, they'll be like, hey, how did you know a little town like Seymour get an indoor swimming pool whenever we can't do that? And I always tell them it's because we have people that want to work towards these things, make it happen. Um, people that maybe in a daily basis don't even get along with each other, um, they can come together and work on a project to make it happen and um, you know it like our library I remember um, there were people that had grown up here that would send in donations every time they got paid or weekly monthly and it might have been like five dollars because they cared about the community still that they grew up in and you know I just want to see our town be the best because I love it here. Yeah, my story's a lot like Terry's, although I wasn't born and raised here. I was in a small town, same size as Seymour, 45 minutes east of here. Uh, so so I, I grew up with that small town experience. And uh, when I came here, I realized that, that Seymour was much like the small town I came from, but probably more involved. Uh, there had, before I came here, there, there had been some movements uh, for community betterment that that I could see uh, were, were, were working. It's kind of a funny story. When, when, when I first came to Seymour and, and I, I 
essentially took over the newspaper. I, I met with Terry's husband, Kirk, who's the president of the bank here in town. We, we have a small town um, home-owned bank, and, and that's another story, which I think is essential for small towns to thrive. If, if they don't have a, a locally-owned bank, I, I think a small town's screwed. Um, but we fortunately have a small town bank here, a home-owned bank. And, but one of the things that Kirk told me was, he said, you know, you need to get involved in, in all the community organizations. You, you're going to have to dedicate time to that. You, uh, you know, besides covering your school board and city council, you, it, will, it will benefit you here if you plan to stay here a long time to be involved in community organizations. And he was spot on. Uh, I believe causes, uh, small towns specifically, small town causes, they need leaders. And, and that's sort of in any activity, it's hard to identify the leaders. Um, I think I have leadership abilities. I think Terry has leadership abilities. Um, and, and I think that's why causes that we've been involved in have been successful because we're both willing to put some time into them. There's no compensation for it other than satisfaction of seeing things through. Uh, Terry was very active with the drive. You know, it's one thing to build an indoor swimming pool. It's another to fund its operation. And that's what she was involved in. She was involved in knocking on doors and getting the people here to pass a half cent sales tax to fund it. So not only do we have the indoor pool, but we can keep it running for perpetuity because as Seymour grows, the sales tax associated with that pool grows. And uh, so the revenue is there to keep it going. And the same thing with the, with the theater project. Um, fundraising, I found to be um, quite easy. Um, some of the folks before me had maybe trouble raising funds, but I guess I'm just forward enough that, <laughs> that I don't mind to go to, to people and, and ask. But at the same time, uh, I personally was willing to give. So uh, when I went and, and, and hit people up for money, I said, hey, uh, I've given. Uh, I've given a significant amount so, because I believe in this. And, and you earn community collateral when you work in things for a long time and, and, and you're successful at them. Then there tends to be a, a bit of, of trust that follows. So uh, anyway, that's kind of the the my story of why I'm involved and I think Terry and I are real similar that way we're just um, we're kind of go-getter oriented uh, busybodies maybe <laughs> sometimes maybe too yeah. much involved you know you get involved yeah. in all the headaches but the good things but you know my husband whenever he moved here he came from 30 minutes away and um, he um, started working at the bank and his father told him he's like you know you need to live in the town you work in be part of that community he could have lived 30 minutes away but he wanted him to be part of it and now he's lived here longer than he lived in his hometown where he grew up and went to school and everything but you know it's it's your home and that's the thing i think so many of our business people and the people that are involved in the organizations like our apple festival and everything it's all put on by volunteers and the people in our community they care about the things that we do they want to work hard to achieve a goal 
sometimes Dan and I may be the leader of that in the mouthpiece and get it going. But, you know, whenever you have that trust with your community and people know that, you know, one of the things you can't take away from a person is their reputation and what they stand for. And I always try to, anything that I do, I always try to work hard, make it happen, make it a good thing. But in the end, a good goal happened for our community. So sometimes the talent, maybe of being a leader of a project, is knowing how to identify the workers. I think we're both good at that. Um, you know, you look at the Seymour Apple Festival, which in terms of a small town festival, I don't know if there's a better one. Uh, 35,000 people come here every year to that. And again, uh, that's not uh, something I do or Terry does. That's something that there are 30, 40 people who are working uh, 40, 50 hour weekend to make that happen. Again, sometimes the talent is just coordinating all the pieces and, uh, um, and, and getting people who normally maybe wouldn't naturally spend time together working together in a common cause. So Dan, kind of taking that a step further, I think, um, can you tell us about the Owen Theater Project um, and kind of your involvement with the historic Owen Theater here in town and, and getting the community involved in caring enough to, to really lead that project and, and kind of where it is today? Yeah, so, so the Owen Theater was a theater built in 1941 by a fellow here in town named uh, Harold Owen and his father, whose name was George. And they built that right before the start of World War II. It, it was actually finished in June of, excuse me, in 41. It was finished in June of 41 and then Pearl Harbor was bombed in December. But it was a very successful downtown movie theater. Uh, it, they did the Saturday matinees and the, and the Sunday shows and, and it was a, a, just a, a, a real community centerpiece throughout the 50s and 60s whenever, you know, uh, the big screen was, was huge. And then as time went on, it waned and actually Harold built a drive-in outside of town on the east edge of town and the drive-in sort of took over as a venue and then the theater started falling into a state of disrepair. Uh, fast forward to 2013, the Seymour Area Arts Council got the opportunity to buy the theater. Harold had passed away, and his daughter, uh, Beverly, who lives in Florida, who inherited it through his estate, she was willing to sell it at a very, very fair price to the uh, Arts Council with the stipulation that it retain its name. And then fundraising efforts started, and uh, the Arts Council at that time was sort of a... Um, an older group, really not comfortable in fundraising, and, and they'd fundraised for four or five years, and it, I think raised six or seven thousand dollars in in the project they knew was going to take several hundred thousand. And and the the president of the arts council at the time, Lee Benley, came to me and he said, "Listen, uh, would you be willing to fundraise for this project?" And and um, I, I thought, you know boy, wouldn't that be cool if we really could renovate that old theater? And uh, Lee gave me a tour of it, and, and it was just, it was gutted, essentially. It, it just looked terrible. There there was an old orchestra pit that, that had a, a, a pond in it. It was just, looked terrible. And so, uh, hit the ground, and and um, uh, first place I went was uh, Terry's husband, Kirk, at the <laughs> at the bank. And, and, um, said you know uh, would you help and 
and um, uh, and of course he jumped right in and he said, "Are you you are you going to stick with this?" And yeah, I am. All right, then I'll then I'll give and 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 I think Kirk gave me ten to start, and then through the newspaper here we did another ten, and then we were off and running, and we did a pay as you go. So as we had money, we would just throw it in. And Patty Penny uh, from from Springfield, who is is um, a founder of Pinmac, but she's from Seymour. Uh, she gave a very sizable donation uh, to really get us really rocking. And and uh, Lee Binley, um, his daughter uh, Karen, uh, gave a very sizable donation as well. And and then we picked up thousand here, five thousand there, and, and the next thing you know, we'd raised three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And the Merchants Association. The Merchants Association. That's from the Apple one. Festival. From the Apple Festival, they gave us about thirty thousand um, dollars from proceeds from the Apple Festival. That was huge. Uh, and and um, and three hundred fifty thousand dollars later, we've got a completely renovated theater that has. A movie screen, a digital overhead projector, a 20 by 20 stage. Uh, the theater runs 20, 25 live music shows a year. We've had plays there. We've had movie days, free movie days, sort of a kickback to Saturdays in the 50s and 60s where we'll show five or six family-friendly movies in conjunction with a shopping event that Terry holds uh, called Shop and Seymour. And, and we'll literally fill the theater up. So it's it, it now it's become a landmark uh, building on the Seymour Square, on the south side of the square, and one that's used very frequently. So what is it about this community that makes that possible? Because you've mentioned the YMCA was a big fundraising project, correct? And then the library and, and the theater. And I think that's just a sampling of... of of projects that have been completely we, we had a fellow who who has a tire shop here in town who had a tragic fire one night and um, about two weeks later the community came together and held a benefit auction at the YMCA mm -hmm. and that auction raised almost two hundred thousand dollars oh my gosh and that would just be one of I mean I, you could of, start rolling out yeah. a list yeah hugely. So, so what is it I think it's just people care about each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I always told my girls when they were growing up, I said, you know, like if you did something that you weren't supposed to do, I'd know about it probably before you could even tell me <laughs> or find out. Or if you broke down on the side of the road, somebody you knew would stop and help you before I could even get there most of the time. And, you know, people just really take a caring interest in other people. Um, There's a sense of community here. Yeah. Uh, that's really deep. Um, it's sort of one of those, there, there is infighting here like there is in any small town. But um, what, let an outside cause uh, come in and want to fight with our community. And it's amazing how the community gets together. For example, we're... We're in, in battles right now with MoDOT over the highway, uh, some overpass projects, and MoDOT have told us they never have had community meetings in small towns that draw the crowds ours do. I mean, literally, I mean, with the Amish came. They, there were 100 Amish at this meeting. Uh, so, again, you just you have people that really care about their community and its well-being here. I don't know why. Maybe that goes back to the 
the the origin of the town. This is a hard scrabble town. This is a this is a historically poor town. This was a swampland. If you look at plats, um, the the railroad received this as part of a land grant uh, because the federal government after the Civil War didn't have money to pay railroads to traverse the country, so they they traded land. And so this was one of the parcels the railroad received, and then the railroad sold it. Um, but it was a swamp. <laughs> and this is much like the boot heel in that the, 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 the town had to be drained. And um, so the beginnings of the town were tough because in the first 50 years of the town, there were, were flooding all over the place. This town flooded all the time. And that went on until the... Yeah. Well, well, it's even the current times. <laughs> even the current times, uh, that's what I was going to say. Uh, uh, we have the times but, but, that it, we have But the swamp. square was yeah. flooding until the 80s, until some remediation. So I think that Seymour's always had a tough go of it. Uh, the way we sit geographically in the county, we're in the southeast corner. Marshfield's a county seat. Uh, there's always a common joke that south of the James that we're sort of forgotten. Um, and, uh, and so I think that that has kind of led people here to have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. We're kind of in a corner of the county where often when the county was getting things, we weren't. Um, we oddly enough have a special road district here that has, those are gone. Nobody has special road districts anymore, but we do. We have a special road district. So the county doesn't even maintain our roads in the rural area here. We have a special road district, a unique but I think those Not things really. maybe made our town, like, you know, there is that joke, once you cross the bridge, you know, we're yeah. on the other side of the county and they don't cross the bridge to come over here. It has gotten better in recent years and everything, but um, I think it did maybe make the old timers work harder yeah. to yeah. make our community yeah. tougher and, and again, they wanted things. Coming together, the yeah. community, because it was kind of us against the world. Mentality. And they were like, we're going to succeed no matter what. Yeah. But, um, yep. you know, I think that we have worked hard for those things and um, tried to make it better in that aspect. Mm -hmm. um, I obviously, as somebody that has lived here all my life, I obviously found it interesting whenever people would move here. So I'd just kind of be like, you know, why did you move to Seymour? What caused you to come here? And one time this man told me, um, as you come into town, our cemetery is right there. And um, he said, he goes, whenever we pulled into town, they were going to a different location. They weren't even going to look at land here in Seymour to buy. But he said, we liked the town because it was Memorial Day and your cemetery was all fixed up beautifully. And he said, we could tell it was a town that cared about their people. And I think that is true of Seymour. We care about our people. We don't forget. Um, you know, my husband being at the bank, he's been there almost 40 years. Um, you know, he, and even Dan, they'll talk about the old timers that were here that have been gone. And, um, even on the corner post of our, um, flower corners on our square, we have some of our old time people's names and on them. And, um, I think our people remember the history and they care about the history and where we've come and we have our history museum in town and the lady that is in charge of that she didn't even grow up here but she probably knows more about the history of Seymour than pretty much darn near anybody yeah. does but um, you know Th I th this place has a way of sucking you in 
I'm not from here, right? But I fully consider Seymour to be my home, uh, my hometown. Uh, uh, I, I still own quite a bit of property in Willow Springs, um, but I don't, it, that's just a, a place where I once lived. This is home. This will always be home. I'll, I'll die here. I'll be buried here. This, um, this is where my heart is. And I think a lot of people who've moved here feel exactly the same way. And something that um, you mentioned, Terry, kind of leads me into this next question. The, you mentioned the cemetery, that people remark at how well-kept your cemetery is and that that's just a testament to caring about your people and caring about your place. You know, the, the flower um, pots on the square, I, I, I saw those earlier and I was wondering what those names were. So I, I think, you know, honoring your past with, with these, you know, these markers um, with the cemetery. But I think it all, you know, kind of comes together in this idea of a really strong sense of place. Um, it's something that was said a lot during our initial conversation a couple months ago, that the thing that brings this community together and the thing that you all share, that you celebrate, is this place. Um, and that's such an important characteristic for a small community to have. I mean, it's an important characteristic for any community to have, regardless of your size, but I think even more so for a small community that may not have a lot of people, may not have a lot of opportunities per se, or big businesses, or bring thousands of jobs, or lots of tourist attractions, but you know this place. You know what you stand for, what you care about, um, that they know where they come from, and why, like Dan said, why this is home. Um, can you reflect on that a little bit? What do you think creates that strong sense of, of pride of place and place attachment? I don't know if you can pinpoint just like one thing that does it. I mean, I think it's just all of us. It's just, um, a, it's the community I, I feeling. I think that in today's world, um, I'll give you an example. If you were to look at suburban St. Louis or or even suburban Springfield, many of those communities' identities are based upon a school district. Um, close to us in Rogersville, Rogersville uh, has twice as many people as we do, uh, but I think they've they've got a much lesser town, so to speak, a community. They're a school district. Everybody identifies with that LR brand which is their school district, Logan Rogersville. Um, and it's a great school and it's a school that has a lot of pride. And they're a, they're a school district that happens to have a town there. We're the other way around. We're a town that has a school. Now granted, the school is a, a very big component of our community, but at the same time, uh, minus the school, there's an identity of the community that doesn't have to have the school to reinforce it, its, its, its place. Um, we have merchants who are uh, folks who live here, who own their own businesses. We have local owned auto parts store. We have locally owned uh, small business all over the place in a wide variety of venues. Um, those are folks that you, as I referred to earlier, you see at the grocery store, you, you form relationships with them Maybe your kids go to school together. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, maybe you're involved in the same community cause together. Maybe you're both members at the Seymour YMCA. Um, but there's sort of a, 
almost a recycling effect in that in that in a small town in a, it, to really have a successful one, you have to have those extracurricular activities, the, the above board things, the, the merchants association type of thing that, that do an apple festival, the, 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 the clubs that, that run the youth programs, those type of things. We, we have that here. Um, and it's very diverse. It could be the arts council uh, or the historical society that's running the museum, but there's always a volunteer effort around every corner here, uh, filling needs. Uh, and I think that's unique here. Um, I, that, that's, I, I think, something that maybe brings us together. I think that's right. I mean, I feel like lots of times, you know, um, other communities, they're, and I mean, I'm gonna use the term and I think it's true. They're jealous of what we do because we have so many things happening in our small community. I mean, like Dan, I'm sure can tell you with his Owen, lots of the people that come to the shows, they're not even from Seymour. They're coming in from other towns because they've heard about the Owen or um, they've seen one of the events that we're doing, like our Apple Festival. We have people that come from out of state. They come, all lots of people come from Springfield. Um, you know, I have friends that have come here from California and Oklahoma and Kirk's relatives come from California. They love the small town feel. They um, love the community aspect of it. Um, and that's what I think makes us unique to people whenever they come here is we're not, you know, this huge place, but yet we have this small town, but we still have a lot of things to do. We're in a great spot because Springfield is so close to us that, you know, if you need to run to Springfield and you need to get something or you work in Springfield, you can go up there, but then you can come back to your little piece of paradise right here at home at night. You know, it, Terry won't talk about this, and I referred to it earlier um, because she's, I'm sure, sort of conflicted by this. But I, I think that the, the having the, the homeowned bank is something that makes Seymour unique, and, and, and not to just push one business, but, but I will. Um, uh, having that, that homeowned bank where there is capital ready uh, from a face you know, uh, perhaps... Uh, a, a, a lender that's willing to to have trust and faith in the person that they're they're doing business with. I, I mean, I'll give you a story. When I came here, um, one of the things that, that Kirk Pinner said to me was, you, "You need to have a house here. You need to live here. If you're going to do this right, you're going to run the newspaper. It's an integral part of our town. You got to live here, Dan. You can't live down in Willow Springs and commute every day. You need to move your family here." And Got said, that well, from his dad. <laughs> yeah, and I said, well, I don't have money to buy a house. And he says, well, you know, I do. I'll loan you money to buy a house. Um, and and, and um, uh, I probably, a corporate bank wouldn't have thought of loaning me the money, but they did. And, of course, I paid in full, and I paid that house off, and I'm in a different house now. But the point is is that they, they, he took a chance on, on, on loaning me money. Same with the business. When he loaned me money to buy the business, I, you know, he probably shouldn't have. I mean, but he did uh, because, um, again, he, he believed in the person he was loaning the money to. And, I, I, and I'm one of a hundred other people I know that this local bank has extended capital and credit to and that is huge in a small town because right here, 
we have literally a big city bank. You can look at that bank and go, what the heck is that bank doing in this town? It's this big, giant, monolithic, two-story structure. It's a big old bank with a lot of money in it. And it's here in Seymour. But it's been successful because I think the bank follows the, the same philosophy the community has. The bank believes in the people here. And subsequently, it's worked out well for the bank. It's a strong f uh, bank, it's, uh, it's, and, but it's locally owned. And you look at these other small towns around here. They used to have home-owned banks. Fordland, there's not one there. Um, Hartville, there isn't one there. Mansfield, I, I suppose, although that's kind of chained up. But Mountain Grove, they don't have one. Um, Willow Springs, where I'm from, there's not a local loan bank there. Um, uh, Ava doesn't have a local loan bank. All the towns that are surrounding us, none of those suburban uh, cities, the Nixes, they don't have locally owned banks. Um, not not where you see the banker at the grocery store buying a, a can of whole tomatoes or something. I mean, y y you're going to see the lenders of our bank. Um, they're on the school board. They're on the city council. They're involved in the community. And that's unique because in a small town, all of those components need one another to thrive because they all cross. And, um, you know, the, the kid who graduates high school here, uh, 10 years later, might want to start his own construction company, needs some capital to do so. Well, you walk into the local bank, and, and you know what? They've known him since he's been born. And they know his family. They know his background. As Terry said, they know on a Saturday night when he was wild, when he was 16 a time or two. <laughs> they know all of that, yet they still say, hey, they, th this young man, this young woman, they want to live here. They want to invest in our town. We're going to help them do that. The, I think if you take that bank out of this town, we are, you're not doing a story on us. You're, you're, we're just regular rank and file, Missouri, small town that's dying. I think it's really interesting that you bring the bank up because, remind me, what is your guys' town population? 2000. Okay. So there's another small town showcase community this year is Norburn and they have a population of a six to 700. So significantly smaller, but both of you are considered pretty small towns in Missouri. And they've said very similar thing. Um, they've got two local owned, I think it's two locally owned banks and they, they've said, you know, between the agriculture and the banks and just the members of the community, those are the pillars of the community and one can't survive without the other. So I think it's interesting to hear this again from another small town in, in this year's small town showcase that, you know, something that, you know, me as somebody from a bigger city would take for granted and that even, you know, smaller towns in Missouri don't have, but you guys see such an importance in it. And I think that's really interesting. I think Dan was a little too flattery there on and neglected his own part in it too, because the newspaper is a big vital part of it too. A lot of the areas around us, they've lost their small hometown papers. And, um, you know, newspapers, I see people every week when I go to the grocery store or out here at Dan's machine and they're waiting, you know, on Tuesday night when those papers are in there or Wednesday morning to come in here and get their paper. 
and you know even though some of the stuff in there they've already heard in town you know or whatever they still want the actual paper of it and dan puts in the things that you don't see in papers anymore the death announcements the birth of people's kids or your kid graduating from high school um, you know the hometown stuff that people really still do crave um, you know, he puts in every time for the basketball and the baseball, they do a tabloid for that. They put the tabloids in for Christmas and, um, you know, all the little kids draw pictures and, you know, everybody goes to buy those because their kids pictures in there. And that was started by Dan or uh, Gary and Helen when they bought the newspaper that Dan bought it from. But, um, you know, people want those things. And I mean, I'm sure he can tell you the weeks that those are in there, the sales are much higher than the normal weeks because people actually crave that still too. I think one of the things you find in small towns, um, uh, they call them uh, essentially news vacuums. And, and what you run into in, in many small towns is people that live in those towns that they don't know what's going on they don't know what the city council's doing they don't know what the school board's doing they don't know what the maybe what the police blotter is or just the goings on uh, what events are coming to town um that's something we do here um and, and that was something that was taught to me by the previous owners here who trained me well uh there are towns, many towns, that have twice the population that ours does, but they don't have a newspaper. And I suppose social media fills some of those voids and all that stuff, but I don't think it can ever fill the void of a validated, verified uh, news service, which is what we are. And um, so, you know, again, sometimes my role is to be a cheerleader here. Sometimes my role is to be... Uh, a criticizer or a cynic, um, and 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 I've never shied away from doing that. I we have a very uh, active opinion page here, and and I write a lot of editorials, and um, I fight for the town, and and at times I I can criticize the town and say, hey, we've we've kind of botched this one. That doesn't happen very often because I I don't think we botch many things here. I think that a lot of times it's. Um, um, again, we're just basically reporting what's happening here, but it is something our people have at their disposal. They, they can go grab my newspaper and I can assure you'll find out what's happening in Seymour. Um, and, and I've reduced the coverage to where I, I'm just all about Seymour. I don't, I don't, I don't cover anything else. It's just all Seymour. And I think this is, um, kind of connecting me to this next question that I want your guys's um, opinions on and this is you know you guys represent Seymour but I want you to think of, of small towns in general regardless of, of where why is it important to highlight small towns why is it important to give them a spotlight I think it's because they're so unique there's people you know whenever highways you just fly by these little cute places and I think it's so important that we find the cute little places in our own state and the gems, because they really are the hidden little gems that maybe people have forgotten about. Um, they're just 
so quick to go to point A to point B anymore that they don't stop and enjoy and look at the great things that are still out there. They know about maybe the St. Louis's of the world or the Kansas City, but even that, you know, there's gems up there that people don't even know about. And one of the things that I always like to do is I like to explore and I like to see new things and maybe get on if I'm going somewhere and see what are some cool things in that town that I might wanna go do or some of the neat shops. And just take time to find unique things that are out there. Don't just stay in your little bubble. Enjoy those little small town places that have awesome things in them. Yeah, the, the world to me, increasing with every year is becoming more and more impersonal. We are fast-paced, we are point A to point B, we're a throwaway society. And if you stop and look, um, there are places where things are personal, where things are a bit intimate, where, where things are slowed down a bit. Uh, and that's what Seymour is. And so are a lot of other small towns. We're not unique in that. And so that's why I love the fact that you're giving us a chance to focus on our town and other small towns because if people take the time and make a trip um, they might find it's a bit relieving in today's world where again people work and they're commuting and they're running back and forth and they can't keep up and there are these little little small havens um, all dotted across America that that uh, that, that this, a similar picture is being painted as the one in Seymour, um, uh, where, again, things are personal. You can actually forge meaningful relationships. Slow things down a bit. I like it like that. So kind of as we wrap up our conversation, um, I'd like you guys to reflect a little bit. Um, Terry, you were the person that nominated Seymour. Um, last year, I guess at this point it was last year, to be one of this year's Small Town Showcase featured five communities. Um, what was it about this initiative that made you think Seymour has to win? Well, uh, it was kind of interesting. Um, this lady, her name's Donna White, and she had just recently moved to Seymour, and she was the one that told me about it and sent it to me, and I was like, oh, you know, yeah, we should definitely try to do that. So I was at work that day and filled out the form, and um, I didn't tell anybody that I was even doing it. I was just like, um, gonna fill it out and I had the lady that works upstairs with me her name's Leslie I had her read it I didn't tell my boss or anybody even my husband I didn't even tell him that I had sent it in because I was like oh you know what if we don't get this that I want to get anybody's hopes up but I just it was so easy I just sat down at my computer and I typed it up because the questions they were just all about us I'm like you know one of the questions was you know like why do you love your town or great things about your town and you know I could have probably went on for days about all the great things and the unique features about our town and I was just like we have to win this 
And so the day that the nomination came in that we had been nominated and we were one of them, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know? And so I <laughs> run downstairs and I tell my boss, I'm like, you're not gonna believe this. I'm like, I wrote and submitted this thing. And I'm like, we got in, we're gonna be one of the showcase people and we're gonna be in the running and people can get to vote and everything. So of course, then I run down to tell Dan and he's like, we gotta write the article and we get the article written. And immediately everybody in town got so excited about it. And it was such an awesome thing because it's like, you know, we talked about with uh, some of our other stuff, people just rallied behind it and they were so excited. And, you know, like all the organizations in town, I would message them and I'd be like, hey, will you share it on their page? And they were so excited about it and like our, um, alumni group they were sharing it like our library and you know, I, just... I knew we'd win once terry got going with this you know early on we were like in fourth or fifth i place think we were like fourth or fifth i thought just let this play out yeah. uh be, because it became competitive oh uh, it definitely was and like some of the people in our town they were like every week and i'd have people messaging me and they're like do you know yet what place we're in this week and i'm like i haven't heard yet i'm like as soon as i know i'll post it and you know they were so excited and like my friend that lives out in california her family was all pumped about it and they were getting people out there to oh, vote for awesome. us yeah and you know people were just super, super pumped. And whenever uh, it came down to that last week and we were waiting to find out what place we were in, I mean, they were blowing up my phone. Like, <laughs> do we know yet? Do we know yet? And it was a time, I can remember when Terry and I would talk and early on it was, can we get in the top five? Cause from the top five, we get to do what we're doing with you. You know, we get yeah. to have a and then it was like, oh, hell, we want to win this. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and everybody in town was that way, you know. And a couple of towns were close. Yeah. And then we just start, we if you start look at the graph, away. we just start blowing them away. Yeah. And, and you know, we were pushing it in the paper. We were pushing it in social, in social media. media. We were uh, we'd link it to the website. We were just pushing any way we could. But I, th I think this goes back to something. I think I told you the first time we met. Uh, when I, I said, we're the real Mayberry. I know a lot of people are gonna say, oh, we're Mayberry. Well, Seymour is Mayberry. You watch the show, the Andy Griffith show, some of the, the scripts and scenarios that you watch on with Andy and Opie, hell, those could play out here exact. I, I can give very similar stories. We have the, the beauty shop where people walk in and everybody goes, oh, hey, Jane, oh, hey, Bill here on Wednesdays, if you come in my newspaper on a Wednesday, I have a thing called in-office subscription. It's very unique. And instead of me mailing the paper to you, you can pick it up inside here for a reduced price. It's about half price. And this place becomes a social network. I mean, there are times you might be 20 people in here. That's why I have the coffee machine and all this setting here because I got regulars that come pick their paper up and they just walk back here and make themselves a coffee <laughs> and hang around for an hour I love and, it. And, and talk about town. Um, why, why are we different? Because we have a real town here. We're not suburbia. We're not a set of strip malls. We're not a fast food restaurant or two that happen to be on the highway. We've got a downtown. We've got an old historic square. We got businesses on that square. Uh, we have uh, people that congregate not just because of a school event. 
we have them congregating at a wide variety of places, whether it's a history museum, whether it's the Owen Theater, whether it's simply shopping downtown. When Terry holds our Shop and Seymour event, we do a thing where if you spend 25 bucks, you you turn in, you get a you get an entry into a pri some prize drawings. We use this big giant barrel to hold all the entries in, and the last couple of times we've done this, that ink barrel so stuffed you 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 really can't even spin it. You have to twirl <laughs> you it have around. To stick your hands in the hole and just kind of push them around to make them, because she has so many tickets. I mean, these are little tickets that are one inch by a half inch, but there's this barrel which is the, about the half the size of an oil drum this thing is jammed full that's how much shopping is done locally and 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 they increase it and they they tend to time their buying around that event because they get more entries because she goes and rounds up a lot of really super prizes those are not things you see anymore in standard small towns either they don't have the retail to to do such an event, well, we have that, or they don't have the the concern or care, and we have that too. And uh, so we're real Mayberry. We we aren't pretend Mayberry. We're real Mayberry. We're where you could roam into town, and if you walked around the square for an hour, there'd be ten people saying, "Who is that?" Yeah. What that is doing? true. Well, like, why is that person good or bad? It's whether probably, it's yeah. probably me out there earlier walking around <laughs> taking pictures, and I was like, "Who's that?" Yeah. Oh yeah, I, hear, I guarantee people. Like, Somebody who's were like, she? "Who's that yeah, lady?" Yeah. 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 Oh, she went in the paper. Okay, oh. well maybe. Uh, yeah, it's maybe okay. It's okay. I get that a lot with small town showcases. <laughs> I'm used to it by now. But you know, I think that's another factor. Like my aunt, whenever I was sick, um, one time she came and she stayed with me. She lived in Arizona. She'd like drive my kids to school and stuff. And everybody kind of got to know my aunt here in town because she stayed with us for a while. And you know, people they were like, "Oh, that's Terry's aunt." And then like if I would go somewhere with her. She'd be like, you know, we'd wave, we wave. Well, then when she left there, but I was like, oh, where's Carolyn? Where's Aunt Carolyn at, <laughs> yeah. you know? But people, you know, we still wave <laughs> at each other here. And, you know, you drive and you wave at somebody and yeah. somebody gets a new car and they're like, who's that, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, but my aunt would be like, do you know that person that you just waved at? And I'm like, yeah, that's so-and-so. And then, you know, like maybe there'll be somebody that you don't really know their name, but you know who they are because you see them and you, we do know everybody pretty much in town. People just know who people are and um, because they see them at the grocery store or they see them at school, church. Um, With the advent of the series on Netflix like Ozark or and the movies like Winter's Bone or some of those that are, that are based in the Ozarks, I, I've always joked that if you just had a Hulu or Netflix series called Seymour and it was sort of like The Office, that, that old show, <laughs> and you just chronicled day-to-day in Seymour, it would have a nationwide audience. Because most of America would sit there and go, you mean that type of stuff still happens? Where people know, you know, there's, there's a bit of nostalgia with that. And people think it's sort of, maybe they watch it on television and they laugh and go, oh, come on, that really doesn't happen. I, I think that's why shows like Fargo have been popular, because they're, they're localized and it's just, Joe Blow conversations, but people are entranced by it. Well, that's happening every day here. And some of it's silly. Some of it's, you know, um, uh, it can be as simple as, who's that joker walking around on the square? <laughs> Never seen him before. Yeah. 
because people are concerned, you know, like if they saw exactly. somebody walking down the street or somebody at somebody's house, they might be like, hey. And, you know, I think one of the things we have a really strong um, Facebook residence page, good or bad. You know, sometimes there's that crazy stuff out there on it. Sometimes there's really good stuff. But there was a man here in town that um, his yard was needing mowed. And um, he, I think he was sick or something, mm-hmm. and um, a bunch of people got on there and they started commenting. And the next thing you know, they went and they actually mowed his yard. And you know, I, I don't even think they were like his neighbors or anything. They were just people who were concerned about it. And um, another time, uh, there was an area that had kind of done that same thing. It had gotten mown up or grown up, and um, Somebody went out there and mowed it, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just think that... Here's sort of a misconception, too. I think that sort of on a, on a probably a national perspective, people think that, you know, if you're not from that small town and you show up there, you won't be accepted. Uh, most of the people here in Seymour who are, I would guess what you'd call community leadership positions, they're not from here. Didn't even grow up they didn't here. grow up here. Uh, this community, as is the case with all small communities, they're very accepting of newcomers. Um, there, there's not a stigma of, of, oh my, uh, you're not from here. You, you don't get to be involved in anything. That isn't how it works. Uh, these small towns are very open-armed. Um, now, if you came to town and, and were some kind of a crook or a shyster, it probably wouldn't work out real well, and we've had a few of those, but... Um, if, if you want to just come here and live and be productive and, and help if asked, why there's not a better place to be than, than small town uh, Missouri. So kind of our last little thing before we, we end, um, you've mentioned a lot of really cool events and, and happenings in Seymour, the Apple Festival, we've got um, the Show and Shine event, the, the Shopping Seymour, and I know that there's more. Um, so if people want to attend upcoming events, if they want to learn more about the community, get involved, what's the best way for people to do that? Um, lots of times I'd say like the Webster County Citizen has all the events that are yeah, happening we, we, in we have a, It's a website, my newspaper website, it's just WebsterCountyCitizen.com. Go there, take a look. Uh, also on Facebook, the Seymour Apple Festival it has both a website and a Facebook yeah. page. The Apple Festival is always going to be the the second weekend in September. It's that Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's a three-day event. Uh, there's going to be uh, eight to ten live concerts uh, free. Uh, there's no admission. There's 200-plus uh, vendors. Yummy food. Uh, tons of food. Uh, our famous corn dogs, which I've are I've heard unique. of the corn dogs. Yeah. Uh, They're amazing. <laughs> it's, uh, there's all kinds of apple events. There's a baking contest and uh, uh, just all kinds of things. An apple princess contest. It's, uh, it's really a fun time. So if, if you're a newcomer and you're looking for an event, a reason to come to Seymour, well, uh, that second weekend, the weekend after Labor Day, that Thursday, Friday, Friday Saturday, come see us. Just come drive to the Seymour Square. You cannot miss it, and you'll have a ball. Yeah, lots of people, I mean, they come back home for it. Um, We have a lot of people that, you know, drive here from other places for it. Um, 
I don't think it's one of my favorite things. It's like a national holiday. Um, I don't ever miss it. And um, Carrie gets real giddy about the apple. I do. Festival. I have That's lots true. of Apple Festival clothes, and I have Apple Festival earrings, and you know, it, I do love it. But um, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work for us that work on it. But um, in the end, it's always a great event, and you know, it just brings people here. And, you know, I've heard people say that, well, like maybe it's not great for our community or businesses around the square because, you know, they can't access it as well. But I always look at it and I think it's bringing people into our community that while they may not shop that weekend, they're seeing the best of our community and they may be back because they saw, hey, they've got XYZ store there. Let's run down there and check that out the next time we don't have anything to do. And while they come for that one event, they may see, hey, the Owen Theater is over there and they've got flyers that they're having events. You know, let's come down and see their next show or whatever. And I think it showcases our community to people and brings them here and see what a great town it is. And, and a sidebar, you know, that, that again, depending on your audience listening to this, but it's intriguing to many of them is, we have Missouri's largest old older Amish community here. Uh, more than 4,000 old older Amish live within six to seven miles of Seymour. They, they don't live in the city limits, but they surround us. And uh, actually it's the third largest old older Amish community in the nation. And, and old order means, you know, no, no zippers on their clothing, no tops on their buggies. Uh, married men are going to have chin strap beards uh, it's, uh, and, and, and we have brochures here, uh, at my business, at businesses all over town that essentially, uh, map out the businesses that are friendly to English. That's what we're called to the Amish, uh, to English visitors that welcome English trade, English visits. Uh, there's 15, 16 shops on the map that, so make a trip to Seymour. If you're intrigued with the Amish, you can see their unelectrified homes and their cistern wells, and um, uh, you're going to run into them, I'll assure you that. They're, they're all over the place around here. So, again, if, if you want to um, take a look, just drive the rural roads, you'll, you'll get to really view the Amish, old older Amish community here. And if you're in town, you'll see them all over town because they shop at all of our businesses. Again, that's one of the things that I think helps our local retail is the, the Amish. Um, they do a lot of their trading here in town because uh, it's not too long of a buggy ride. You're not going to see many uh, McDonald's or grocery stores or no. banks uh, with hitching posts, but <laughs> guarantee yeah. you all of our businesses have them. Yeah, yeah. and they all, post, um, they all have hitching posts. Yeah, they all have hitching <laughs> posts, and like um, there's a new pharmacy that just came to town and. They were looking at the location to put their hitching post, yeah. you know, uh, the day that I did the yeah. ribbon cutting. And, you know, so these businesses are thinking of, hey, we need to do that to help them out, too. So it's kind of a unique little feature there. Actually, you there. can see Amish buggies and drive-thrus here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty unique. <laughs> so, again, that's kind of some of the drawing cards that, that people, you won't see a lot of the Amish stuff on the Internet, so to speak, but... I can assure you it's here. Uh, just come to town and and um, we, the maps are here to, to go take a look at, at that part of our society if that's what you want to do. 
Well, Terry and Dan, this was a great conversation. Thank you for sharing your reflections and your insights about, about Seymour, about your wonderful community. I hope our listeners are inspired to visit Seymour. I think the, the release of this podcast episode will line up nicely with promoting the Apple Festival a bit. So, um, And I hope they see Seymour to be as special as, as you guys see it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Small Town Showcase is a production of Missouri Humanities. Special thanks to our production manager, Michael Saldivar, and to the lovely people in Seymour, Missouri. Thanks also to our members and supporters for making this initiative possible. We hope you stay tuned for more from Missouri Small Towns by listening to our past episodes, and be sure to head over to our YouTube channel to subscribe and watch the videos for our Small Town Showcase communities as well. To learn more about Missouri Humanities, visit mohumanities.org or follow us on social media at mohumanities. Thanks so much for listening with us. We'll be back again soon with more of The Show Me State.